Bruv. 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 I'm Ollie Davis. This is Lou Goen, DAD. Welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of AEW Dynamite. Well, yes, we are bruving in honor of Will Ospreay's incredible contract signing segment with Chris Jericho. Because you don't even know who I am, bruv. Bruv. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with the word bruv in. <laughs> yeah. But not at the end. Sneak it in somewhere. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And also send in your Omega chats. Today, Chris and... Uh, how can we make Bruv chats. That's a bit basic. <laughs> Bruh, um, chat... Chats. Ultra chavs. Ultra, ch- Ultra chavs. Ultra chavs. Very good. Thank you. Ultra chavs. I, I felt like I had to really, like, you know, build myself back up after yeah, my basic. Yeah. Why? Well, he came back pretty hard. Uh, that because Max even said, "Cheer your favorite chav." Which is hilarious because uh, Kate from Fightful said, uh, "Used the word chavs," and then said, "Have I used that word correctly?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't think that word's been used since the late 2000s. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the, in the sort of left wing establishment, they say. Chav is a very nasty word to call someone. I, I don't think anyone uses that no, word, do well, they? No. Dartford, sort of where I'm from, embraces it wholeheartedly. Yeah, oh, well, Chavs. Dartford, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Chad, the, well, Chavy there. The costume of a stereotypical Chav is Burberry. It is, yeah. Which, it, it's always been weird seeing Max wear Burberry scarves and stuff. We've always thought it was quite Chavy. Yeah, but it's actually like a heritage brand, very expensive stuff. That's no, nice, Chavy. Well, no, it's, the, it's because knockoffs were, no, no, were no, no. worn by. No, it's chavy. It's a. Uh, I, I would. I My grand's got a Burberry I, coat. I would say Chavs ruined Burberry. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, forever. So it's, well, not, it's, for... it's not Burberry's fault. It's Chavs' fault. Uh, yeah. So send in those Omega Chavs. Omega Chavs. <laughs> Omega Chavs to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. But first, we'll kick off with that contract signing segment. I thought this was a terrific episode. Probably the best go-home episode AEW's done. Probably the best go-home ep- Maybe the Elimination Chamber go-home episode was better. Oh, Just because that, yeah, that insane Sami Zayn one. Yes, but was that the only good segment on the rest yeah, of the Well, show? that's it. That's yeah. it. But it was such a good segment. But, but this, yeah, overall, this was a cracking show. Apart from one bit. Um, oh, yeah. And... I would say Mox versus Phoenix was my favorite thing because I just love that match. But this was the best segment. Chris Jericho in the ring with Sammy Guevara. Will Ospreay out there with Don Callis. Don's a great promo. Chris is a great promo. I like but Don's it was Will Ospreay yeah. who, who stood out. Sorry, I didn't want to go jump in there, but I like uh, Don Callis even making a Lance Storm reference in this. Did he? he? Was, yeah, right at the start of this because he's like, you know, Callis explained what was what was happening here. Look, having you in my group would be an incredible thing, but me ending your career is actually way bigger. So that's what I wanted to do. That's why I had the painting commission. That's why I want to end your career. Mm. And then said, and if I can be serious for a moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> Great. And essentially, yeah, it was just like, you know, how this is a big thing for Fozzie to be playing <laughs> Wembley. But you're absolutely right. Like, I went into this segment pretty cold. Mm. Will's my boy. Will's my guy. I'm excited to see Will Ospreay wrestle. I was not sold. And you can go back and listen, look at the tapes. It's in the archives on the Collision Review when this uh, match was first rumored. I buried this match to high heaven because I was like, no one wants to see this match apart from Chris Jericho. <laughs> it's the most Chris Jericho idea I've ever heard to not do Omega Osprey 3 and instead do Jericho Osprey 1. So the most, and then they announced that Fozzie are going to be playing live and at least I'm glad that Jericho has told me when I can go take a piss like <laughs> signal to me this is your piss break yeah. moment so I know I can go there and go get a drink AW's Kid Rock <laughs> <laughs> so I went into this pretty cold outside of the idea of they're going to have a good match mm-hmm. because they will have a good match now they have made me want to see this match Osprey's promo was oh it was so good and I thought there's no way Jericho's going to be able to come back mm. from this promo because it's so great but Jericho did and Jericho had a really really great return promo but I mean you said in your edited review that Will's like an Essex Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. 
And that's exactly what it is because he doesn't cut a promo like a wrestler. Yeah, he cuts a promo like a human does. Well, I I felt I got a I, I got kind of, and I don't mean this as an insult. I mean it as like a, a a show of star power and charisma. I got a pre crazy Conor McGregor vibe from him. Like it was confident. He looked the part. He carried himself really well. But he just spoke with such a high element of realism. And when you put that against Don Callis's cartoonish villain and Chris Jericho, I love him, but you know it's he's been mostly doing cartoonish stuff so for the last the JAS, year. Yeah, sports entertainment. This Will Ospreay didn't feel like he was doing a wrestling show. It suddenly felt like a fight, and quite a desperate fight at that. Yeah. Will put across like, "Look, mate, I'm I'm wrestling an indie show the night before, which is Rev Pro. We're going to it. It's so literally." over there yeah he's across facing the canal shingo us. to Kagi. oh my god that's that's my most anticipated match of the weekend mm -hmm. actually uh <laughs> <laughs> i go to indie shows now again after the pandemic and well will says yeah i'm trying to make as much money as possible because i've got a step stepson stepson step yeah four-year-old stepson to put through school well, school's free here but if he wants to send him to a private school great <laughs> i don't know why he's just Good for Will. Yeah. Um, and he's trying nothing, to. Support, nothing wrong with going to private schools. He's, he's putting the idea of, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get into the Tory government. Yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to do the best thing for my family. Got that sort of Kevin Owens prize fighter vibe from him. Yeah. When it could justify anything in KO's mind because this is for his family's health. You remember when we used to say about uh, Eddie Kingston <coughs> that, um, oh, no one's told Eddie that wrestling isn't yeah. real? Yeah, yeah. I have that with Will Ospreay as mm. well. And it's, you know, the, the Eddie Kingston comparison again there, because like, he cut this promo on Jericho that just cut him down to, to pieces, mm. pointing out that this is a vanity project for you. Like, this is, I don't think you understand how important this is. You, for you, this is just an excuse for you and your crap band to play Wembley Stadium <laughs> and claim that you sold yeah. it out. And I'm I'm wrestling an indie the night before because this means the world to me. I want to prove that I'm the best wrestler in the world. And hey, guess what? What after Sunday night, I'll be able to say that I've beaten Okada, Danielson, uh, Okada, Omega, and Chris Jericho in the span of two months' time. And I was like, I was like, whoa, that's incredible. And there's like, oh, and by the way, my contract's up in New Japan Pro Wrestling in six months' time, and I'm going to be offered millions of yeah, dollars yeah. to go everywhere because I am the best wrestler on the planet. I'm better than the Elite. I'm better than Danielson. I'm better than CM Punk. I'm better than Chris Jericho. Incredible stuff. When when he said I'm better than Punk, the crowd went, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was funny. Yeah, just a what a motivation. Uh, and it's it's no longer about. Oh, Jericho's a tweenery face and Osprey's a tweenery heel. It's like, no, these are just two people having a fight. Yep. This feels like a Wembley Stadium boxing match. I, I I cannot say enough good things about this. And then Jericho's retort was, well, mate, five years ago, I called you, Will Osprey, and said, you've got to change your style. Jericho is not the only person who said this as well. I actually made reference to this with Dan earlier in the week that you once had this conversation with Don Callis yeah, on, a, Don Callis, on yeah. a Wrestle Talk video mm. where Don Callis was saying that he is going to need to change his style mm. up. And now you kind of you can play that conversation back. What Jericho said here was like, oh, he and Jericho were probably talking about yeah. this that Will needs to slow down or he is going to end up in a wheelchair. And omega said as much he said jericho yeah jericho said as much that you'll end up like your idol dynamite kid who's in a wheelchair now and that was when us all the way through jericho's promo osprey wasn't standing there like now it is your turn to talk he was mouthing off to him talking back to him yeah and which i like like i wish wrestlers did that more why would you just stand there yeah and Jericho then put over how big All In is. Yeah. This is bigger than any WrestleMania. This is bigger than the Tokyo Dome. This is the biggest match of my career. I wanted to do this match in 2019, but lockdown happened. Well, guess what? We're not in lockdown now. And I need you to be the best Will Ospreay because that's the only way you're going to beat the best Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. And it was just... And then I, I loved the... I loved the the ending of this segment because it wasn't like, and that's the killer line. 
Jericho barely finished it and Will Ospreay smacked the microphone out of his hand and started brawling with him. Yeah. And it made me go like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. Like yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. the end of this segment. Yeah. That's just Will just kicking off because he just feels real. Yeah. Authentic. Fantastic. T- taken Jericho from this really cold place that none of us were interested in to, oh, I cannot wait to see I it. I can't wait to see it. And, you know, Jericho's a big part of that, but I, I feel like Osprey did the lion tamer's share here i completely agree and it's you know him being in the g1 has sort of it's definitely slowed the pace down of, of the build mm-hmm. for this because he's not been there on on tv and i know people could say like well when you do a video package and it's like when well, we you did that with kodor abushi and people said why wasn't he in the building so <laughs> i suppose you can't really have it both ways and i think what you've instead done is just a lot with jericho and callus which has been like comedy stuff and all of a sudden this has gone from being a quite a wacky fun feud into being a genuinely serious feud. And it's not like they've just changed the tone on the dime. A serious character mm. has come into this and changed the dynamic. Well, I don't feel like it's a feud because the feud is with Don Callis. Yeah, that's fair. This is a match. That's that's what makes it feel so yeah, separate maybe. from the rest of the yeah. card. Uh, but let's see what you all think in the... So, oh. Just one more thing. Well, is right. This is a vanity thing for Jericho because <laughs> like, he can now say that his band has played a uh, sold out Wembley. Yeah, that's, um, that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Um, let's see what you all think on the Omega Chavs. Uh, please get them in to restalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Hannah Allen says, support each other. I mean, in this up fam. Osprey is the perfect wrestler. His intensity on the mic and in the ring is hands down one of the best of all time. Mwah, chef's kiss. Sign him, please, AW. Jericho forever. Goat in my eyes. Lots of love. Hashtag bring it. Hashtag jam that jam. Do you reckon Will will sign? In six months' time, when his contract's up, or does he stick around with New Japan? I think he definitely goes to to either WWE or AEW. I don't want to get a WWE. It's not the place for him. God, I wonder what an Osprey. But there's something about. I'm like, what does that look like? That because I know I, I what. See what it looks like. It's like watching Will Osprey <clears throat> in half speed. I know what. I know what. Osprey and AEW looks like, and that's cool. I just I can't get my head around it in WWE, and the curiosity makes me want to see it. Maybe that is true because I I'd love to see. I mean, I, you know what I'd love to see is, is Will Seth, hmm. and they will have a yeah. and they would have a very good four star match. But all the while through that four star match, I'd be thinking like, oh, he's, this is so much better than this. It's you know when we get like with Keith Lee and Joe, hmm. and it'd be like, where did those guys go? Hmm. And then they go to us, oh yeah, there they are, found them again. Andy Sandbox, thank you very much for your generous donation. Hey all, I just wanted to say last week I said look at the bigger picture and I'm vindicated! Osprey sold me so hard on this match, the new final boss of professional wrestling. I had to pause the show right after he said his contract was ending. Chills. Brav! Chris Jericho really is Chris Jericho. We can agree there are dips in quality, but he really does step up when he needs to. Truly great all round. This is the best go-home show AEW has ever done. Usually we complain there isn't even a go-home feel. Totally agree. That's what we were talking about earlier in the office. I, was, I watched this episode in the office today. I came in early to, to do mm. so, and I was about towards the end of the show and you came in, and you're like, it's the best go-home show they've ever done. And I was like, this is a show that shows the importance of of doing a go-home show to get you hyped for a pay-per-view. I I could not agree more. Meng says, I went into the segment thinking, of all AEW rosters, how is Jericho the one with a singles match at Wembley and not Omega, Mox or Kingston? And this promo just blew me away. Truly a great work from Jericho. Enjoy it all in, guys. AEW in the UK has been overdue. 
Yeah, meant to happen in 2020 by the sounds of it. Uh-huh. And Jimmy G, 23-month member. Wow, nearly two years. So excited to go to Wembley for All In. Osprey's promo was so good. Having a feeling here's still the show, followed closely by Bucks versus Bucks of Youth. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a real... I'm talking about FTR versus Bucks of Youth, mm. I guess. That's going to be... Oh, because like MJF and Cole is going to be so drama filled. It's going to be like you know the the, the bloodline drama match that's yeah. also going to be because the, the time limit draw they had on Dynamite was oh my god so good. Um, and you've got Bucks and FTR, and then this. I, I think Punk and Joe are probably going to have a, a decent little four star match. <laughs> um, I think this has a real chance of being the the real show stealer. Stadium Stampede's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, the trios match is going to yeah. be great. We'll get into the rest of your chats at the end of the show, so please do keep getting them in at uh, reststore.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Omega Chavs, remember. So this show began with a RIP graphic for Terry Funk. We were together when we found out last yeah. night. Yeah. Like, Ironically, ah. in a comedy gig as well. Um, yeah. And there, there was no laughs to be had uh, at that point there. Like, Terry is... Have you seen this thing that's been going around today? Um, there was a, a, a little while back, there was an episode of uh, What Happens When, which is um, Tony Schiavone's mm. podcast that he does. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Kingston was a guest on the podcast. And Tony Giovanni told a story about how there was a Danielson main event on Dynamite. And he, he and Excalibur were saying, oh, Brian Danielson's one of the greatest, you know, he's probably the greatest wrestler of all time. And he then got a text message from Eddie Kingston being like, F off, that's Terry Funk. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eddie just cuts this promo on Giovanni being like, I was recovering from a hernia in a hospital bed watching Dynamite. And I hear this blasphemy <laughs> on TNT that Brian Danielson's the best wrestler oh, of all amazing. time. And I text them being like, you FOs, it's, it's, uh, it's Terry Funk. Get it right. He's the best wrestler of all time. Yeah. Oh, it, that's great. And like, that's, that's all we've seen to have done in the office today is like, it's sharing, you know, our memories of, of Terry Funk and, and our favorite like Terry Funk moments, matches and promos you know, forever, like all the great Terry Funk things. But it's also just talking about wrestler stories of Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. And that I've, I've enjoyed as much as just like my own little memories and stuff. It's just reading wrestlers sharing their stories about about Terry. He was the payoff to our Brian Children's storyline. That's right. He was. Yeah. He wasn't looking for CM Punk. He was looking for Terry Funk. I watched the video today of him uh, no-selling, getting kicked by a horse. <laughs> I, Andy Danson was, like, blown away when it was, like, you know, oh, yeah, he was in his 50s and, like, you know, mm. uh, when he was, like, in WWE and yeah. stuff, like, you know, doing those moonsaults and stuff. He was, like, he was in his 50s. I was, like, yeah. Mm. Dude was, like, he was <clears> nuts. Yeah. Like, you think of some truly iconic moments in wrestling and it's Terry Funk, mm. like, almost at the epicenter of it. And he just... Man just kept going. I mean, he became a meme for the longest time in the, you know, the internet circles as the man who will never retire because he kept having retirement matches and then be like, oh, I'll just do one more. <laughs> and then he would just come out and have one more match and stuff. But uh, Dave Meltzer uh, replied to Mick Foley being like, oh, you know, because Mick put up his tribute to Terry and he was like, last time I saw you when we were chatting, you just talked about, like we had you on the show and you just talked about Terry Funk for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Truly special person and a great contribution. Can I I tell you one last fun Terry Funk story? This is another one from uh, Mick Foley. Everyone always used to say that uh, Terry Funk had the greatest worked left hand in the business, the greatest punches, the greatest worked punches in the history of wrestling. And no one really knew how he was so good at it. And Mick Foley ended up being in a match, his first ever match with Terry Funk. And he goes into the court and he's like, this is it. I'm going to get that left hand, this famous <laughs> left hand. And I'm going to find out what the magic of this is. And then bam, he just punched him in the face for real. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the secret of the punch. It wasn't works. Strong style. <laughs> so this show started off with what was meant to be uh, the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, versus a version of Bullet Club Gold which was the guns and juice Robinson juice was in the guns entrance. You know, they've got one of the coolest entrances yeah, the when whole, the camera like, goes round, bad boys style. And cause they had this on collision as well. And it's just like, you know, the guns are doing their spitting out the water with mm. the guns uh, with their finger guns and stuff. And it just comes out and it's just Robinson just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Juice is an absolute treasure. Uh, so they come down, the elites are already in the ring, and they just brawl on the ramp. They brawl everywhere. It, it, you know, we get brawls. We got a load of brawls last week. I was a bit sick of them, to be honest. But this was just like, this is a fun brawl. This is, I just want to keep watching the chaos. Absolutely, yeah. This is proper, like, you put me in the hospital. I need to get my revenge. Mm. We're not, I'm not waiting for a bell to ring. We're just going out of a fight now. Yeah, so the match never got started. Um, Juice Robinson was going to hit Kenny Omega with a chair. Rick Knox just, like, in quite a fun comedy spot, took the chair out of Juice's extended arms. And Juice just looks at him and goes, boof. <laughs> <laughs> punches him. It was so good. And then the Bucks are getting beaten down. So FTR come down to save them. All of a sudden, Takeshita's in the ring. Kenny and Takeshita are brawling. One-winged angel. Takeshita escapes that. But just before that, we had Jay White going back and forth with Kenny Omega. I was like, yeah, I, I saw a version of that last week when it was the the jump in the interview, but that was pre-recorded in, in Daly's place or whatever. Seeing Jay White and Kenny Omega just suddenly running the ropes against each other, I was like, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see them at All In. Yeah, and I think that's been kind of the, the not the brilliance of this because, you know, they've only just started doing this story a week and a half ago, uh -huh. but it's keeping them separate mm. and not being in the ring together. And we, you know, and I would say we have seen a version of this match in New Japan where we've had Kenny and Jay have their matches in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but it was a very different Kenny. But more importantly, it was a very different Jay White. Five years ago. Yeah, a very, very different Jay White yeah. who was green as goose cack. And, 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 That's unfair. Well, that was always the thing with Jay, wasn't it? Like, I think. Once, once Kenny left, they were like, well, Jay's the new Kenny now, but he was not ready for that role just yet. I but, think we weren't ready. <laughs> but I, Jay has like more than proven himself yeah. to, to this point now. I'm so excited for this trios match uh, on Sunday. Great opening segment. Then we go backstage and it was sort of a sit-down interview from earlier in the day. We got a few of these throughout the show and I really liked it because it, it meant you didn't just have angle, 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 angle. It was like angle, oh, just a sit-down interview with Renee. Angle, sit-down interview with Renee. It, it, po it paced the show a lot better. Um, so MJF's with Renee and they're talking about All In. Uh, Max essentially said he's so excited He's going to have an erection in front of the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's literally. That's what he said. Didn't even, didn't even use a metaphor or. No, he's just, uh, I'm going to get a boner. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm absolutely going to get a boner, and yeah, you're going to. You want to see that I've got a boner? The pants are going to stretch. He said, "I'm yeah. going to get a chub on." He's going to be as loved in England as the British bulldog, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm going to be the second coming of Winston Churchill. I think he said, uh, I'm, yeah, the second coming of British Bulldog, but I'm Jewish and a better public speaker. <laughs> <laughs> he also said that he was going to buy everyone in the building a pint, but was going to get Tony Khan to pay for it. Great, and great, It was great stuff because he was like, you'll cut that bit out of the interview that Tony's going to pay for it, right? It's like I, last year when Max flirted with being a baby face when he was in the Mox Regal group. And I just never thought it was clicking. But this, this is how you do Max as a babyface. You don't lose any of that edge or any of the fun, heelish tendencies. He's a babyface scumbag. Yeah. Which is what The Rock was. The Rock and Austin, they were dickheads as characters. Oh, yeah. But God, the charisma. They were still babyfaces. Oh, but what's that, um, what's that in Renee's hand? Oh, it's a, it's a wooden spoon because she could stir some sh** now. <laughs> she was just... Look! <laughs> I managed to refrain when I was talking about Goose Cack. Like, she then just started stirring the pot. And she's mm. like, oh, can I, uh, can I show you some video clips of you nearly turning on Adam Cole? Just so I can get some thoughts on that. She's a journalist. What do you expect her to do? Get phased out in the media call? Cool? <laughs> <laughs> Luke didn't get to answer any questions in the media call. call. I was amongst uh, the many that did not get mm. to ask her questions during the media call. I had some good ones as well. I had some good ones lined up. What were you going to ask? <laughs> One woman's match. You're having a laugh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. There was literally a sign that said, do better, and you're not. Well, I'll say, do you want me to do Tony Khan's answer? Please do. Well, that, so the one women's match we have uh, booked has four women in. And those are also numbers like the 80,000 tickets <laughs> we've sold for the, all in. For the $10 million gate. For the $10 million gate. I mean, what the answer he would have given me is... All In has a history with uh, yeah. Fatal 4-Way women's matches, which is, you know, 
it's a ludicrous thing. I we talk about this tomorrow. Our predictions video for All In is going to be going up on the Rest of Podcast tomorrow. Um, and I talk about this then, but he had a equally ludicrous answer <laughs> for why Kenny Omega's in a trios match. Mm-hmm. It was so ludicrous an answer, I burst out laughing. <laughs> Thankfully, I was on mute, so no one, no one heard me laugh when he said, oh, well, the reason why I thought people would think it's a fun little Easter egg, you know, and a fun little tribute because the elite were in a trios match and on the first all in. So mm-hmm. It makes sense to me that they get to be in a... I was like, yeah, with... Two different lads. Like it was, it was Kota Ibushi. I see they, they, you've got six guys in this ring. Only one person yeah. was in that trio's match from All In. It's Kota Ibushi. He's not even signed here. He doesn't even go here. Uh, yeah, I thought that was genuinely a bollocks answer. Absolute messing around with the media. Never. Uh, so then Renee uh, asked Max about. Yeah, she's stirring the pot really to get the Adam Cole stuff. But you know that's her job. She's a she's a into a kayfabe interviewer backstage she asks the tough questions and max just you know put over everybody all the people who come before all the wrestlers this was obviously recorded before terry funk's passing otherwise i definitely think he would have said terry funk and he said cole is more than his best friend he is his brother and brothers fight brothers fight they make each other be better but at the end of the day we're gonna hug it out yeah crowd was super hot for mjf <coughs> in the segment just remember that max took those questions in good faith and said they'll hug it out at the end. See what happens. Later. We'll see what happens later. Uh, Mox then took on Phoenix in what I described as a UK visa on a pole match because <laughs> Phoenix apparently can't get into the UK. Can't get into the UK. It's unfortunate. But what a match this was. This was, you know, I love the contract signing. This was the most fun I had on the yeah. whole episode. Man, when Phoenix kicked out of that Avalanche Death Rider, genuinely like out of my chair... Uh, excitement for this this was so good phoenix's mask was like ripped open at the eyes and he was like bleeding all over the plate it was like but not like gushing blood just like you know like a busted nose like mm. a busted cut above the eye or something genuinely like he just felt like a he'd been in a real fight which i'd imagine if you're in the john mox <laughs> yeah. it probably does feel like a real fight it felt like a g1 match this yeah. felt like a new japan style match with the luchador in it uh, yeah, the the second the Avalanche Death Rider near fall was amazing, and as soon as Phoenix kicks out, right in that choke, and that's how Phoenix lost the match. I love the Phoenix's sort of jumping, rolling cutter, and Moxie just again straight another in. choke hold. But then Phoenix reversing out of that with the double stomp, and mm. then doing his roll through cutter and hitting it on the second attempt. Yeah, oh, it was so good, brilliant. So afterwards, Mox wins, obviously, and Blackpool Combat Club come through the crowd and they, Wheeler Utah knocks out, excuse me, Phoenix with a crowbar. A big injury angle. Lucha Bros and Eddie come down to help, but then Ortiz appears in front of them yeah. in a fancy hat. Yeah, he just runs out in front of them and he's just stopping them. And it's like, whoa. And they're like, wow, man, Ortiz is, is like breaking this up. Like the, like the history with the, and then all of a sudden, music starts playing mm. and the word Santana <laughs> appears on the Titantron. I was like... <laughs> yeah. Famous. And then it's like, Guitarist. you can be so smooth. <laughs> and Mike Santana returns to AEW. Missed him. He looks good. He, he looked, looked great. He's been working out. And all of a sudden I'm like, they're friends again. Yeah, so I happy. was genuinely so happy. I've just written all in caps. Santana is back and he's friends with Ortiz again, mm. I think. Because <laughs> that was the report, wasn't it? That Santana was possibly coming back, but he and Ortiz still weren't on good terms. Well, that's Conan had said that when they first... Oh, I thought it was also in the Fightful report as well. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, if that's the case. So that's good. I mean, maybe maybe they're not still best friends, but they're professional and they're working together. I think they're a fantastic tag team. Can't um, I think Santana, as we saw in that Moxley feud with Jericho, has the ability to be a great promo and a great breakout star. Um, it's really un- a shame that he got injured when he did, so he didn't get a chance to do that breakout performance. But yeah, Santana and Ortiz join Blackpool Combat Club. There are five now. Uh, and the best friends were also there. Yeah, they came down, you know, they were, they were there. And they did a big stretcher job for Phoenix and like they put him into an ambulance. Uh, we'll talk about the Excalibur thing in a minute, <laughs> maybe. But um, just like, like lastly on the, uh, the, the Santana and Ortiz stuff, the thing that kind of like excited me off a little bit is the what can happen after you split off from this feud. Mm. So you know you can do Moxley and um, Orange Cassidy, 
you've also got Moxley and Kingston. They've now got Kingston and Santana as an option in there as well. And Santana and Ortiz versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah. And like that, or like, you know, I just think there's a lot of really cool possibilities that can come out of this. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, this is kind of like Kevin Owens returning on Raw is it lights a fire under the creative mm. flames for tag division. Yeah. Because I feel like that's been missing in AEW. Yeah. And I think we need that light and that spark again. And I'm hoping that this can spark some creative juices in the tag division and get back to that 2018, 2019 mm. tag division run that we had. Uh, so then they're stretching out Phoenix and they're playing it up really seriously. Excalibur's doing his sad voice. And then he also has to do a push for DraftKings. And he he does manage to do a really sad DraftKings spot. Can have twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> in a prize pool. I we should have done that for Wrestle League. Oh, what done? A really it's sad. Ah, oh, damn it. I um, I'll be honest. Sign up to Wrestle League right now, by the way. Get your predictions for all in. In. I was distracted by. I did not hear this DraftKings mm. plug, and I did not hear what uh, Excalibur and Tony and Taz were saying. I was so distracted by the fact the commentators were at ringside. Yeah. And I, 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 literally, I didn't realize that. I literally paused the video and I looked at Peter and said, Pete, they've moved the commentators. <laughs> and I guess why? Because for collision. collision. But I was like, well, where, what are they doing there? Mm. No, you don't belong there. Go back up on the ramp. What are you doing? Do you remember when I got obsessed by the camera positioning and the, the second yep. and top road? Yeah, yeah. Similar. <laughs> After the break, after you've all uh, downloaded DraftKings, or however it works, Phoenix was put in the an ambulance, presumably being driven by Hangman Page because he's not allowed <laughs> in the building. And Renee tries to interview Eddie. And Eddie, you know, emotional guy. But Renee's just trying to do her job. And Eddie pushes the microphone away from Renee. Being like, what, well, you want to do an interview now? Yeah. Did you see what your husband just did? Like, um, like so, so cool. And the crowd, boo Eddie. For pushing that away. And then Eddie like says that line and you're like, oh, that's why he did it. Oh. It was so good. Like, I, I was trying to tell you like what I was gonna call uh, title this video and it's thumbnail and stuff. And I was going through um the the app that AEW have for their press images and stuff, and they've got lots of photos of that segment with Eddie mm. and Renee. And I just kept looking at the pictures and like wanted to rewatch mm. the segment. I was like, maybe I lead with this because I just want to talk about <laughs> this for 10 minutes. Very good. Uh, Rene also has an interview with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Uh, that was filmed later, early, oh, yeah. earlier in the day, um, about siding with Jericho, even though, you know, he did join the other faction and kind of betray you, I well, guess. That, and that was 2.0's point. Yeah. Like 2.0 literally walked in and were like, <clears throat> why are you siding with him? He, uh, he told you he was going to join the bad guys yeah. and you still got his back. And Sammy's defense of this was, uh, look, You've got to be your friends make stupid choices, but you've got to be with them through those stupid choices and kind of like you know be with be there for them. Is that what he said? I've got in my notes. Sammy's defense was, "I'm a baby face." <laughs> Contract signing happened next. Straight after that, amazing segment. Then we get mm -hmm. Renee interviewing Adam Cole. Adam Cole, he's happy. He's smiling. He's reliving all the nice times he had with Max, all those nice clips. And then Renee's... Oh, she grabs that... She's she like, that oh, she's like, oh, sorry, I'm just going to pick up this spoon for a second because this needs a little stir. Ding, 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 ding. And she starts playing, you know, all the times that Adam Cole <laughs> has stood behind MJF and looked like he's going to kick him in the face. And effectively said in so many words, why do the kingdom think you're going to turn on MJF? <laughs> <laughs> and then Cole... Rather than just say the kingdom, I don't like the kingdom is stupid. Roddy's being weird. Max is my friend. We're going to do this. He freaked out. He got up and he said, stop questioning me about this. We're done. We're done with this. He looks right down the lens and he says, there are no issues with me and MJF. Why is it so hard to process that two people can just be friends? And like in reference to him, and like there are no issues between us. But yeah, him like storming off, he's like, you and I are done professionally, yeah. and then walking away. It was a much more hot-headed response than the Max had to the same stirring. We'll come back to it at the end because the final segment is Max and Adam Cole. But I just want to say what I'm really seeing with this latest episode is 
MJF rising, becoming better, being a good guy. And Adam Cole's going the other way. He's falling. And they've crossed each other. And that's where they've become friends, when they've met in the middle of these two paths. Mm. But now they're going to get further and further away. Really, really good stuff. Great stuff. Oh. Oh, dear. This was the only bad thing on the show. Yeah. And the match was fantastic. So Darby, Allen, and Nick Wayne come out for a match against AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. Of course, they've been feuding. I wrote in my notes, this feels like the actual feud. Yeah. That this this should be the all-in match, but Sting needs to be in it. So, yeah. so Nick Wayne isn't, and it's Darby and Sting versus AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. It's one of my other backup questions I had for the media call. Why isn't Nick Wayne part of the trios match? I'm, I'm, all I'm looking for is someone to give me a good reason as to why Nick Wayne is not in this match at all in. I'm starting to realize why you didn't get to ask any of your questions. <laughs> well, they don't know the questions I had ahead of time. There's this little app thing. You just put your hand up. And I just had my hand up the whole time. Uh, so this match I thought was, apart from the, the final minute, I thought this was amazing. I, I like the final minute. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you why you're wrong in a sec. Fox and Fox and Strickland were so good together. And AR Fox, he's got a balaclava on for his entrance, but he just doesn't take it off when he's doing all these moves. He does a top rope, you know, that top rope springboard backwards senton. The, inver the inverted senton thing, yeah. Outside, landed on Darby and Nick Wayne while he had this balaclava on. While wearing a vest that had the dried blood of Nick Wayne on it. And yes. then he tears that vest off and throws it at Nick Wayne's mum. Yeah, Nick Wayne's attractive mum at ringside. <laughs> and, all right, Ollie. <laughs> and yeah, so like AR Fox is doing all this heelish stuff and he's awesome. And Swerve Strickland's there. And Swerve is amazing as a heel. He's so charismatic. And then Darby's coming back. Nick Wayne and Darby get the comeback. And that's really good. And then they take out Darby. I can't remember. Was that a stomp to the face? It was, yeah. Darby was on a chair, like sat on a chair on the outside, a steel chair. And they did the swerve stomp, like onto yeah. Darby, onto the chair. Like, so that completely takes him out. And then it's just Fox and Swerve murdering poor Nick Wayne, just yeah. hitting big move after big move. But Nick Wayne kept kicking yeah. out. That proper Darby Allen like resilience that we saw in his match with mm. Christian on uh, Saturday, where it's like, always kicking out you just can't put him down so it's like he's fueled by it's part of like his relationship with darby is a lot that's fed into nick wayne's character and he kept kicking out and he kept kicking out and in the end got a technical pin on ar fox and as swerve realized what was happening darby had got up and stopped swerve from breaking up the mm -hmm. pin nick wayne gets his first win on tv oh, i think so yeah. and then yeah beating yeah. ar fox so i i didn't love the continued kickouts i you know i thought after the third one, I thought, ah, you, you've lost me a bit. You were, I was doing well, I was building. But what I really wanted here was um, AR Fox and Swerve Strickland to isolate Nick Wayne. Darby's on the outside, he's been taken out, and they just beat him up, just like they did in the training school. Yep. And they beat him that way. And they stopped Darby getting in. You know, really, I, th I think that would be a really good angle to build even more heat. And that's why Nick Wayne can't be in the match. That's why it has to be Sting and Darby avenging Nick Wayne. Uh-huh. Um, but then, yeah, Wayne pins Fox. And Swerve gets the mic afterwards, and Prince Nana's in there. And he does a really good performance. I thought, you know, Swerve's delivery is great. But the content of what he said is, Fox, I'm really upset. You have, this was a test for you, and you failed. You just got pinned. By a child. So they kick him out. Brian Cage appears from nowhere, destroys AR Fox. And I was just like, that's such a shame because AR Fox was awesome here. Yeah. He's been this, you know, really athletic but one-dimensional character all year since he came in. And then he gets this, and you're like, oh my God, this feels like a proper, yep. proper complete wrestler. And he only had this for three weeks, I think. Three, four weeks, this character. Yeah, maybe a month tops. Yeah. Uh, and now he's just back to being a baby face, just back on the side of Darby and Nick Wayne. I this was real lame. Yeah. Well, just, just because then Sting comes in, of course, they make the save. They save Nick. What I think they save Fox, don't they? Yeah. And Darby gets the mic and says, I'll never forget that you helped me when I was homeless and going through other things. I'll always love you. And then AR Fox stands up and they hug. I was just, I was like, what? 
there needed to be more here to redeem Fox to get to a position where this can happen and feel narratively fulfilling. But it, it, it this was really bad. During the invasion, there was an episode of Monday Night Raw where ECW joined the invasion. Mm. It was WWF versus WCW, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of ECW guys jump in as well, and they start beating up both WCW and WWF. Mm -hmm. And it was this, like, and then yeah. Paul Heyman gets the mic. This invasion yeah. just got taken to the extreme. It's like, oh, man, ECW's in the fray now. Mm. By the end, and it's not even by the end of that episode, because that angle happened at the midpoint of hour two, and that builds to a big, like, 12-man tag Something nonsense. There's like 20 guys there. It's like 10 of your guys, five guys mm. from Team WWF, five guys from Team WCW. All of a sudden, the uh, like these two warring heads have now got to fight together to take out this extreme invasion before it can even take over. That match doesn't start because turns out that the Team WCW were with Team ECW mm. this entire time, and they also reveal that Stephanie McMahon has bought yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ECW, and she is now also part of this feud with Vince McMahon. I remember Brian Alvarez writing about this, and the death of WCW said, did six months' worth of storyline in mm. half an hour. And that's this segment here. Mm. There was probably like <clears throat> two months of story done in this one segment, and that's such a shame. And it's this is pure speculation, I feel, SRS said this on the Fightful post-show, that it's a, it's a possible visa issue thing. Right. Like with Phoenix, AR Fox can't get the work visa. He hasn't worked a UK show in 16 years, and there's a possibility that he couldn't do All In. Tony Khan alluded to this on the media call, saying there are a couple of matches that are going to have to change because of forces outside of our control. It's not injury-related. We just can't. They just can't come across for All In. And now one of those is Phoenix that we now know. And I think this is the other one. And that's fine. Mm. But there are other ways of doing this that don't include kicking AR Fox out of the group. Yeah. I, I feel like it's what, what I'm sort of most upset about is I was really starting to like AR Fox beyond him just being a great wrestler, the great character as well. And him, him having such a quick babyface run and back to being a heel is gonna i can't see how he comes out of this as a compelling character no this is gonna like slot him mm. middle of nowhere on the card like it with mogul affiliates like he felt like he was part yeah. of a hot act and felt like a hot Had character but he is now like so far down the pecking order in terms of importance now within the storyline i think that's such a shame because the the payoff for this is that it's now going to be darby and sting versus swerve and christian cage because that's also going to play into the all-out match that happens the following week. And Christian Cage was a, was very fun in this because he got to do the, the dad stuff. And I yeah. did very much enjoy that. Because Nick Wayne's father. Because Nick Wayne's father passed. passed. And like Christian was like, I hear you had you had a father. And the crowd go, oh. Because <laughs> Christian's like, yeah, he knows the memes. He's yeah. playing into all of this. It's a coffin match. So he it's had that coffin awful match. line. Exactly. And he was like, a guy, Buddy Wayne, I've never heard of him. So I don't think he was very good. Like all of this sort of stuff. It was very, very good. But you could have done the Christian Cage replacement without kicking yeah. Fox out of the group. The only... Because I think if you'd have done, they took out AR Fox, so Christian Cage had to step in. Problem is that you've literally just done that with Phoenix, mm -hmm. like two, three segments mm -hmm. earlier. So it might have felt like too much <laughs> of the same thing. So maybe this was the workaround, so it doesn't feel like the same as the Phoenix angle. Yeah. But oh, man, I just feel bad for Fox. Because yeah, I think this is going to do him no favors. Uh, I'm happy it's Christian, by the way, because when uh, Swerve Strickland st stood on the ramp and was about to reveal who his partner was, I was like, oh my God, don't be Keith Lee. <laughs> you guys cannot just suddenly be okay with each other. Yeah. You are feuding. You still are haven't they? had the blow-off match. I don't, I don't <sighs> think it's ever going to happen. After that, we got Rene Baguette sitting down with the Bucks and FTR, and the Bucks uh, sort of talked about, they started off saying, thanks for saving us, and FTR was like, no. We're not friends. We're not friends. We did that because we want you to be the best you are. This is about our legacy. And just really good back and forth. It was nothing crazy, but it was very effective, I found. Yeah, and uh, Matt was talking about how, like, you know, once upon a time it seemed impossible for us to sell out 10,000 tickets. Now mm -hmm. here we are yeah. five years later and we've done it ten, eight times over, which is actually mad when you think yeah. about it. And there's a whole thing about, uh, you know, FTR need to be us because they need to cement our legacy. 
I and then Matt at this point is like, look, the truth is that when we hang up our sneakers and we call it a day, they're going to write about the Young Bucks being one of the greatest tag teams of all time and a true game changers in this industry. When you retire, they'll just say they got their name from the Young Bucks YouTube show. Mm. Great killer line. Problem was, is I don't think FTR had anything good to retort with. Mm. Like all they had was like, we're going to cement our legacy as the best tag team. I'm doing this for my uh, family and stuff. And it's like, ah, felt like Matt just had this real big like dig and like, we got you your jobs here. The only reason you're like popular now is because of us. I don't think this segment didn't work for well, me. Wasn't FTR's come back to that though that uh that being the elite started calling the revival out mm. and they were trying to piggyback off their success. Yeah. I don't think I, it, thought, I, thought I don't think okay. it landed as much. Oh, okay. It, well it didn't, it didn't for me personally. Mm. Um I don't think it landed as much. I thought like if Matt had this killer line there was just sort of nothing else to it. Ruby Soho then took on Sky Blue. Um, I really fantastic build for the Fatal Four Way <laughs> yeah. uh, at the pay per view. This so this is more of a way to build Ruby going against Chris Statlander for the TBS title from out of nowhere because she's busy actually with Mercedes Martinez mm. and Diamante on Collision, and then all of a sudden they're just like, "Hey, Ruby Soho is going to be uh, looking to take on Chris Statlander." I was like, "Why?" Like she's she's already in another story. Well, Soraya is uh, TN uh, Women's Champion. Maybe Soon. Ruby as TBS champion. Yeah. Outcasts. Poor Tony. 2023, baby. Poor Tony Storm yeah. there. Um, Which I, would be good for Tony because her character yeah. is sort of focused on that. There was a video, you know, kind of highlighting the, the four women that are going to be at the, the, the pay-per-view and they got a tag match on Rampage. It's Soraya and Storm versus mm-hmm. Sheeta and Britt Baker. This was lazy. Mm-hmm. lazy lazy build for what is already quite a lazy match mm-hmm. uh, at the pay-per-view yeah uh i really like sky blue and i really like ruby soho mm-hmm. as a heel just to put that over oh yeah um, and they kept on telling this story on commentary that sky blue has not beaten ruby soho yet as, as she was the mentor to uh sky as well yeah um so i thought oh man maybe sky blue is gonna win this Ruby Soho won again. So I like that. I watched the ECW Rise and Fall documentary again recently. Mm. Last week, actually. A week today. And I just love that Tommy Dreamer never beat Raven. And they talk about that. So so that's why I'm annoyed that Joe beat Punk. <laughs> Samoa Joe could just always beat CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after that, we got Rene very briefly talking to Roderick Strong in the kingdom. And that's when Roddy said, by the end of All In, we'll find out who the real Adam Cole or MJF is i cannot wait house of black recap from collision when they jumped the acclaimed and then the acclaimed came down to the ring serious no rap and they called out the house of black right now they look i thought it looked really good and fiery uh house of black come out they do the full entrance they are so cool they beat down the acclaimed but daddy ass makes his return to make the save and he grabs the mic and he says you don't beat up my boys Unfortunately, Daddy Ass can't make Wembley, but Badass Billy Gunn can. Yeah. Big pop. Great pop for that. Um, Big pop for uh, Billy's return as well. The point he was making was that, you know, I was quite happy to retire. I left my boots in the ring, but then Mm. you disrespected my retirement by taking my boots and pissing on my Hall of Fame legacy. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to whip your ass, boy, uh, at Wembley. I don't think I'd have added this to the card. I don't think this no. card needed it outside of people wanted to see House of Black on the card. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It is, it is okay, and I'm sure it will be a fine eight-minute match. I also think Billy Gum retiring to build up what might be another retirement is just... Mm. doesn't doesn't work for me. Uh, and the, the main event was Aussie Open versus the Hardys. What? The ROH tag titles were on the line here. They were. Um, Hardys... Right, the, the this last two matches they've had, they've been pretty good, I think. Um, it helps working with the Bucks and Aussie Open and only getting 10 minutes long. Uh, so this is a good use of the Hardys, I think. And they got, I would say, the majority of the match. But Aussie Open got the win in the end. Most of it was in the commercial break. It was all a build-up for Aussie Open at the end. Grab the mic. They say there's going to be no double clothesline. There's going to be no kangaroo kick. And then... Better than you, babies. Music hits. MJF and Adam Cole come down. They go face to face. Brawl starts. They try for the double clothesline. But Mark Davis escapes. Smart man is that yeah. Mark Davis. Dunk Zillin knows what's up. And then Carl Fletcher's like got his back to them. And MJF's like, I can do a kangaroo kick here. And then 
unfortunately, Carl Fletcher gets out of the ring before that can well, be hit too. It's because um, Davis decks him in the back mm -hmm. and then is going to attack. Uh, uh, this is the genius of this yeah. segment for me. Also going to attack Adam Cole. MJF saves him. Mm, you're right. And they then try to hit Adam Cole with the double clothesline. And MJF saves him again. I might have got that slightly out of order, but the, the crucial part is that MJF saved Cole twice in this segment. And then they go to work together. MJF holds up Kyle Fletcher for Cole to do the super kick. Fletcher ducks, and MJF catches Adam Cole's boots before it hits him in the face. Mm. And they have this tense stare-off moment of, what are you going to do mm. next? And MJF, like, you know, Adam Cole's like, look, we'll hug this out, which is exactly what... Max said they do brothers fight but then they hug it out and Max barges past him and he gets into his pocket and he gets the dynamite diamond ring out mm -hmm. and he puts it on the finger and he's going to hit Adam Cole but thinks against it takes the ring off and he does hug it out yeah. with Adam Cole in the end he celebrates with mm -hmm. his title while Adam Cole stares at that belt very good very good so very, very my, good. my sort of feelings on this is M like I said with that MJF becoming a good person, Cole becoming a bad person. When MJF is lashing out, when he looks like he's going to turn on Cole, it's in a moment of passion. It's a, a heated instance. It's it's like he um his instincts kick in. Yeah, yeah, and he just does what he always does in those scenarios because that's who he's been, and he's trying to get away from it. Uh, and when he thinks about it, he can be a good person. Great, he's trying. But with Adam Cole, I feel like he is the one setting up things, not in the heat of the moment. Yeah, predetermined. It's premeditated. Adam Cole is a good person considering evil actions. And, you know, I did, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about um, there's, there's a moral case for if you are ignorant of your behavior being bad, you're you get more of a pass morally but as soon as you know that and you really recognize your behavior is bad and you try and change it that's very good so actually adam cole knowing what he's doing is bad and still doing it but or, or teasing doing it is far worse than mjf just being instinctually bad and trying to get away from it mm -hmm. i thought this is awesome mm. really really good <laughs> this is an episode I, I, I've, I've ragged on AEW and, and WWE for like a year now for not doing go home shows. Yeah. You know, you know like Alan Partridge, stop getting Bond wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, I keep, stop getting go home shows wrong. And a lot of people, you know, said to me in, in, in comments and in the live chat and stuff, being like, look, the go home show doesn't exist anymore. You're living in an yeah. antiquated age mm -hmm. of having to sell pay per views, which I feel is a, True of WWE, but AEW still sell their things on pay per view. So I mm. still think you need to do go home shows. But people are like, my, this idea of a go home show is this antiquated idea. But this show happens. And I'm like, no, like, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one. I think you do need to do yeah. go home shows. Is it because of the, the criticisms that Ellen has had about, like, is it doing enough to build this show? Which, by the way, I guess a lot of people um, I might have to eat some crow on. Because it's done nearly a hundred thousand buys, like pre-orders mm -hmm. uh, for the pay-per-view, so that's like that's really good. That's yeah. like that's an incredibly strong opening number a week out before the show, and then because a lot of your pay-per-view buys are going to come in twenty-four hours before the day of, mm. and then more crucially, the hour before. So I think it's going to do really well, and I'm hoping that this show sh really bolsters the pay-per-view buys to show that you should do go-home shows to make mm. people want to buy the pay-per-view or get those final tickets that are left for the event. I thought this was an excellent, excellent episode of Dynamite yeah, with too. one very bad segment. So, but it, it was a great match, though. Got a it great was just match, like, yeah. um, like five bad minutes. <laughs> yeah. So what would you give it? Five out of five? I think probably, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean... Because it's not like the Fox thing was a complete... It was a bit of a disaster. I'm still going to say 5 out of 5, but really it's like a high 4. I've uh, given it 90%, which is not top 10, I don't think, but it's pretty close. Mm. Really good stuff. Right, keep on getting your Omega 
chavs in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support we'll read out every single one over five us dollars we've done all of our pledge hammer shout outs for this month so thank you very much but go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestletalk anyway to support us over there and get loads of exclusive content chris wagstaff says hey lads hope you're both well really fun show last night i'd like to see cole turn and win the belt this weekend mjf can go and have another fantastic feud with punk for the real championship <gasps> to have a unification match of Cole, MJF, in a year's time. I won't do it a year's time. Yeah, I also don't know if I want MJF holding the, what is sort of be the, the, the fake belts. The, yeah, that's the, the a not, punk thing. That's a punk thing. Mm. Um, I really think that the money is MJF ending out the year as champion and the tease of what actually now happens in 2024, the bidding war of 2024. Yeah. That that's that story feels like so much more interesting if he's got the title belt. Manuel says, "Hey amigos, uh, in my opinion, I feel like the build to All In still needed that extra grab me by the throat and buy this pay per view feel. Honestly, they've been lacking this since Revolution. Two weeks builds like always, and TK had months to prepare. And they expect me to drop a hundred dollars, and they expect me to drop another fifty dollars a week later for All Out. I think they're probably asking you to drop a hundred bucks in total." Wow, yeah, it's, it's $50. Yeah, it's not time. $100 to buy the pay-per-view. I'll pass. This could have been all out London instead of going back to Chicago again. Then again, Luke, I won't be able to watch Sunday since I'll be seeing Metallica for night two in LA. Oh, that's pretty rad. Or we'll be singing along to Metallica when Sandman <laughs> makes his entrance. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. This should just be all out in in London. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a real flaw in in tony khan feeling that like oh it's tradition that we're in chicago for for all out on labor day weekend and that that's the week after i actually disagree i i think if you're gonna do these if your strategy long term is to have traditions and destination weekends you've got to stick to them yeah and then maybe this is the only weekend they could do Wembley so I, think, I, I think I think trying to promote two shows at the same time oh, it's tough yeah it's really tough we sort of I remember when WWE went through that period where they were trying to do it all mm-hmm. the time they're trying to promote two shows at the same time it's not Texas on what Tuesday in Texas it's not that bad no or like, it was like three days later wasn't it yeah from Survivor Series yeah and there was also um, yeah because there was the, the Super Showdown they were doing in Australia mm. while also trying to do oh. Hell in a Cell at the same time or something and it was yeah. just like it was it was too much and then none of it was working I and but like you know again we're sitting here saying these things but I think maybe we're all wrong on this because ticket sales for All Out are really strong yeah. and ticket sales for All In are really strong and pay, pay, pay view pre-orders for All In are really strong so it, I don't think it's working for a lot of people but for the masses maybe it is Kevin says, Tony Khan, can we finally have LAX versus Lucha Bros at some point? Please and thank you. Yes, please. Agree there. James Zimmerman. Well, hot damn. Give me, get me to all in right now. Anyone still calling this a house show is, in my words, wrong. MJF versus Cole is mega power level good. Uh-huh. Uh, Homer Star Fan 13. I know the build to All In hasn't been the greatest, and I do agree with some of the criticism. Personally, I don't care, bruv. I'm getting to see a pay-per-view live for the first time ever. I'm just happy to see some great wrestlers having some great matches. It's true. It's my first ever pay-per-view that I've ever attended. Same, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm so stoked for it just from that aspect of it. And I look up and down the car, and I'm like, I can't wait for like every single person in this mm. match I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing. So there is, a, there is something to that. Uh, but I also think there's a, an argument and a conversation to be had around the, the this argument of build and announcing matches because of it. like you only announce matches two weeks ahead of time. It's like, wait, well, yeah, they've been building the storylines for weeks mm. prior prior to that in, in most of the cases. And also in like a live event scenario, you are selling, and Kickstarter's good for this as well, good example. It's the first 24 hours, first week on Kickstarter, and then you sort of get nothing. And then it's in that final week. Mm. And that's the point of a go-home show. It's your final week. This is your last chance to really push people to it because that's going to be the time when people are either buying tickets or they're buying the pay-per-views. I said earlier, when it's about like nearly 100,000 people have pre-ordered the pay-per-view. And you were like, who are these people? Yeah. Because like... I buy just, an hour before. I buy an hour before. I, t- I tend to buy it as the pre-show's finishing. Yeah. And I've, I've mucked up the login details. Because <laughs> that will be when most people do it. But there's clearly enough excitement here. And I think a lot of that is around the biggest wrestling event of all time. James C. Gorgon. After this episode of Dynamite, I'm 100% certain that MJF has to either win clean or Cole wins by turning. MJF feels like the biggest star in wrestling outside of Reigns and Cody. They need to cement him as the top, top guy at the biggest show ever. 
well, that would mean that MJF wins them. Yeah. He was he had a great interview uh, the other day that's doing the rounds of him talking about tribalism within wrestling and mm. basically being like, there's, by the way, that doesn't exist within locker rooms. Because um, do you know who I like? I like LA Knight. And I really like Cody mm. Rhodes and stuff. It was a really good interview. And I could get into more of that, like, God, he's an affable baby face yeah. when he needs to be. Do you want me to hot tag in? Yeah. Uh, I'm just Marcus said, uh, I went from barely even interested in watching Will versus Jericho to it being one of my most anticipated matches of the night. I'm so excited for them to steal the show. RAP to Terry Funk, yeah. the king of the death match. Limitless Ron Lee said, I went to my first AEW show last night and it was great. The crowd was hot all night except for the women's match. I hated that AR Fox got kicked out and confused yeah. by Darby for giving him so quickly. I have to work, I have to work, so I'll be watching on catch up. Love you guys. Very jealous that you were there. It's such a great crowd as well. Mm. I think that that collision taping is also apparently very good uh riga said love dynamite and i have one all-in issue and nowhere to share it <laughs> why isn't punk versus joe a submission match oh, yeah. joe made it clear that the roll-up was unacceptable both have iconic submission finishes and add spice to a match that we've already seen is that just me no actually i think it is that's a great shout great yeah. shout yeah and put the roh tv title on the line too mm -hmm. That I don't need. Dave R said, uh, "We got an excellent segment from Jericho this week. I feel really the uh, I really feel the reveal of Osprey should have been done should have been Don leading Jericho on, and when he decides to join him, Osprey attacks. Mm -hmm. It was a ruse, and Don never wanted Jericho as he has been Will as he thinks that Will is the future. Yeah, that sort of is the story they've done. Though. Yeah, but they didn't." do it clearly no i feel like yeah that could have been done a lot better that's i think that's a, a good point that's dave r because dave r thinks that's the story that, that is the story they've done yeah they are thinks that's the story they should have done yeah. because they haven't done it very well mm. uh, charles berg's been a member for 27 months in a row said a person that marches to the beat of their own drum is always admirable so like the rock and austin mjf as a face will work have a good day people andy sandbox said here we are four days away from the biggest show of all time say what you will about how we got there we are here my hope is that we all wake up on monday and we can say to ourselves i just watched one of the greatest shows of all time again you lucky lads enjoy i'll probably be doing that sunday morning as well after rev pro when villa has been a member for 23 months in a row uh, months in a row who said book an international battle royal for the international championship who would you book to win with guys from the first all in and just anybody who if it's for the international championship i'm um, booking casting to win yeah yeah um, and then it's just filled with Team TNA. <laughs> Very Not A Robot said, if you summed up Christian in a line of Taz on commentary, it will be Turtlenecks Joan with the dead dad gimmick. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. He's the best dead dad heel working today. And in a company where apparently you can't even buy a living dad. <laughs> Someone highlighted uh, Edge's Wikipedia on, on Twitter earlier today um, of Edge that Edge has never known his father, has never even seen a picture of him. I didn't know that. And I've been like, uh oh, if he's going to <laughs> Christian lurking <laughs> like a thingy in the wedding scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. peeking around the curtains. <laughs> uh, Yorix of Yest says, or Jest rather, talk about leaning into the meme with that beautiful pause between, so I hear you have a dad and that's dead. <laughs> Shouldn't be funny, but I'm glad I wasn't drinking water at the time. Love you guys, and I don't usually wake up early enough to chat in. Oh, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Michaela Traub said, I'm still relatively new to wrestling, so this hasn't happened uh, often, but bruv. Billy Gunn made me cry last night. What a guy. He deserves this final run so much. I've got so much love for him. Man was shaking like a leaf. Respect. It was a really intense, fiery promo. Yeah. yeah. Pierce My Heaven says, really excited for House of Black versus The Acclaimed. I just hope that they don't go early or else the House of Black will have their entrance while it's bright outside, mm. like The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt at Mania 31. Kid Cuddy said, I know this is the Dynamite review, but I want to show some love for NXT. As an African-American, I love to see two people that look like me featured consistently at the top of the mm. card and throughout the show and not just the same stereotypical thug bad guy gimmick yeah and so, NXT's really good like the women as well it's it's just a really diverse yeah. brand there was NXT kind of exposed this idea so there's been a big criticism against WWE as of late for Rhea Ripley mm. you know she's meant to be this dominant champion and they're booking her like a dominant champion but it also means she just has 30 second matches and people are like there's not enough women's wrestling on this show and they're like you're complaining they're booking a dominant champion like a dominant champion and then they had her on NXT and she, like someone, she still looked like a dominant champion, but had a long match mm. with like Lyra Valkyria and like, sh and Lyra Valkyria made her look even better. And it's like, this pokes massive holes in all of your arguments. Mm. Also like, cause NXT is women's division so good. And they're like killing it right now that you thought of the main roster, be like, why isn't this like that? Mm. 
Gez Gengar, moderator, says, I'm just dropping a line to say I'm going to have so much fun with wrestling this weekend. All in, Rev Pro Eve. Just a fun weekend and going with friends from last year's Clash of the Castle watch party. That's great. That's my only thing I've got about this weekend is there's too much happening. (laughs) Because on that Saturday show, there's Defy and Progress and Rev Pro. But on the same day, Eve are running their Mm. show and Choco Pro are running their show as well. And it's like, I want to go to all of these shows. Maybe not the Progress show, but like, I want to go to all of the shows. But I can't because I can't get to all of them. It's just physically impossible to do so. I want to go Riot Cabaret with Dave. Yeah, it's on the Friday. Friday. Um, But I don't know. I should probably spend some time with my girlfriend. (laughs) Mayor Painsville Dan says, Hello, you wonderful people. Are you ready for the mm. biggest night in all of pro wrestling? That's right. Brian Myers is taking on Alex Shelley for the Impact World title tonight. And also AEW All In is going down. I hope there is lots to enjoy. He always gets me. Uh, Dave Rice has become a brand new member. And the Out of Rim Observer has been a member for 14 months in a row. Said, hello, lovely boys. If Edge does go to AEW, like some reports are saying, how would you guys debut him? Like announcing it or as, an, as a surprise? Um, hmm. I'd su- I'd like surprises, you know, I like think, the, yeah. the Sting surprise was massive. Thinking like end of all out twenty twenty one, when you had Adam Cole mm. and then oh, Brian Danielson come yeah. out, like that double whammy of like, the, I think the surprises is better. Mm. But yeah, I I think I go surprise. I mean, just play Metalingus, you know, just have that bedand bedand this day. Jack WCW has been a member for 18 months in a row says hello gents just want to say that I hope the rest talk crew and everyone going to Wembley has an amazing time this Sunday uh, and as a few people have pointed out um, according to the Wembley website all weekends in August besides this one were booked there are no yeah. ticketed events between all in and when Tony Khan's Jacksonville Jaguars play there on October 1st so I think the argument is you could have done it later yeah okay well you want a summer one maybe yeah and do it over because it's the bank holiday weekend isn't it yeah well, uh, thank you very much for all of your chats. Lots of those came in there. Going to end the poll and oh, there's uh, a sorry, just one more. Ella came in. All in will be my first in-person wrestling show since the Rona. Massive thank you to you guys for keeping me interested in wrestling through all of these years. Oh well, thanks for joining us, Ella. Thank you all very much. Um, we are going to end this poll and let you know what you thought of this episode of Dynamite, and the results are. Not available, YouTube? <laughs> no? It's like 81% thumbs up or something, but... Well, oh, that's high. Yeah, it was, it was It was a high thumbs up. YouTube is not... Man, why is YouTube trying to mess up with me on like the, the AEW streams? Ah, oh, there it is. Thumbs up, 88%. Mid, 9%. Thumbs down, 1%. Great. Well, thank you very much. Uh, make sure to subscribe because our all-in predictions will be up tomorrow. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. It's been Luco in DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. See you on Sunday. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.